Abuse, rape, or trauma are things that happen to people who are victims at that very moment. Child or adult, there's nothing you could have done to prevent the atrocity. But when it's over, the healing must begin. It gets every day. You have inner beauty. You have inner worth and value. Framing your past as your past and leaving it there will help you to frame your future and lead you to the place where you belong with a woman's soul restored. Here's LaTanya Hendry. Hello and welcome to A Woman's Soul Restored. This week I'm going to be discussing an interesting topic because I was involved in a conversation last week and for some reason it shifted the conversation shifted from what we were talking about and it went a whole different direction so I'm just going to start from the beginning I ran into I wouldn't say necessarily a friend but an associate or someone I met on Facebook probably about seven years ago and because of the pandemic we haven't really been able to see one another besides when she posted, when I post, but we were able to talk and catch up. So she was walking to her vehicle and I was walking to mine and we were just talking about um, what we are doing currently. And she was telling me some things she was getting into and, and putting her hands to the fire. And I was excited for her. And she said, well, I hadn't heard your podcast in a while. And I said, well, you know, I took a little break, but I started back um, last month and um, looking forward just to, to, to just hit it. And she was like, well, how many topics you could talk about about rape and domestic violence? It doesn't happen that much. So I had to catch myself because... Most people that know me know I'm very passionate about a lot of topics, but the issue of children and our older citizens and domestic domestic violence and rape is really close to my heart. So that's why I knew she was an associate and not a close friend. But I had to address what she said because I think a lot of people feel like that. How can you do a podcast off of a reoccurring podcast, even if, even though it's bi-weekly now? What topics can you possibly talk about each week that would draw interest? So I let her know that there is so much going on within those topics we can't we have to still have these conversations we have to still talk about rape we have to still talk about domestic violence we still have to talk about incest we still have to talk about those things that we don't want to talk about that you know we want to act like it's not going on but it is all we have to do is look at the news or read a newspaper and we can see that it is going on i think the difference between years ago and now is that more women are coming forward more women are making a statement saying they're not going to take it anymore that they're going to press charges and they're going to file those restraining orders and if they get raped 
they're not going to go home and, and try to wash it off and get under the covers and just pray that tomorrow comes and they can start again. No, women are, are making a statement. They're coming forward. They're teaching their daughters what to take and what not to take. I know I taught my daughter to stand up for herself and don't be anyone's punching bag. So she tried to brush me off a bit like, oh, well, I, I guess, and, and was getting ready to get in her vehicle. And I asked, I was like, well, had you ever went through anything like that? Have you ever went through a domestic situation or have you ever um, experienced anything in the home when you were little? And she was like, well, no. So I just told her, you know, that's what the issue is. And it's good that she's never experienced that. But don't take for granted what others have gone through just because you haven't gone through it. It's a traumatic experience and it can be life altering and life changing if you don't address it. Even if you do address it, it's still going to change your life. And just because you haven't gone through something like that, and thank God, you know, I know it's millions of women and men that haven't experienced any rough childhood or any abuse in the home and they didn't see their parents get abused or, or anything like that. And that is awesome. But for those of us that have experience that don't be insensitive to what we went through don't think that there's not a need to discuss it just because you haven't gone through it you know we live in a society where it's all about me and if it didn't happen to me if I didn't experience it then what's the big deal well, the big deal is somebody in your family probably did and somebody very close in your family probably did and feel that shame and stigma and just decided not to say anything, especially our older generations. Um, they choose to, I wouldn't say not acknowledge it, but not discuss it, not make it a, a topic or anything. It, it happened and I moved on. But this generation that we're in now we have a lot of movements that are happening because of things that are taking place with women. Um, the Me Too movement among one. Um, many, many activists that are coming out saying what happened to them. Many women in, in general make it a statement that, yes, this happened to me and I'm not going to be quiet about it. So when I wrote my first book, I put the story in there, a part of it about my mother and what happened to her but I didn't go in depth about it because you know it's is is 50 something years later it's still a sore subject Sunday I will be 54 years old Lord willing if I'm still here to see it um I consider it a blessing to have been able to live and most 54 is not old these days but it's, it's, it's a blessing to be able to still be here. And I said that to say that my birthday is May 16th, but on May 31st, 1970, is the day that I lost my mother when I was three years old. So on May 30th, May 31st of each year, which we celebrate as Memorial Day, I made a decision years ago not to partake in the celebrations because I, I and I, know, I understand what Memorial Day stands for before anybody say anything, but it's it's a different meaning for me. 
because not only did I lose my mother, my mother was pregnant with twins. So I lost my mother and I lost two younger brothers. When she went, and this is from my grandmother and from my sisters and from people that knew her, um, that has told me the story and the story hasn't changed. So I'm assuming that is true that that day when I guess my father was, cause he used to always like to cook up until he passed. He still liked to cook and grow his own vegetables. And, and, you know, he was a naturalist. I'm a naturalist in another way, but he was a naturalist. He didn't like to go to the grocery store unless it was absolutely necessary. But that particular day in 1970, um, they had a cookout, was grilling. And my mother, I don't know per se what exactly happened. And, and, and even the people that were there said that he just went off. And he began to hit her. And she fell to the ground. So the people across the street that lived across the street from my mother and father, they were at the cookout. And, and actually, I got the information from one of them that they came and got her and took her to the ER. And in the process of taking her to the ER, so she began to convulse, um, began to scream out that she was losing. She felt like she was losing her babies. When they got her to our local hospital here, because I was born here in Savannah, so... Um, the, the, the situation that transpired happened here. But when they got her to Memorial, they immediately took her and began to work on her because she was losing in the process of losing her babies. She was not full term. She was seven months pregnant. And I'm going to get to the significance of seven months in a minute, but she was seven months pregnant um, with the twins. She had a high fever. It was a lot going on, and a lot that was going on didn't come from what my father did to her, but what he did to her resulted her coming, going to the ER. They worked on her, and things happened really fast. Her fever began to escalate more, and she began to convulse more, and she went into labor. So what ended up happening is she had one of the boys that she had already named them, Christopher and Jonathan. And um, she had one of the boys and he lived a few minutes. I think they said maybe wasn't quite 10 minutes, but he did live a few minutes. But the other baby from all the licks and pushing down fallings that she endured, began to come out like they said her system was poisoned from the baby I guess had already began to deteriorate in her body so I not only lost my mother that day but I lost two brothers and because of what I endured in my home when my grandmother and grandfather were raised step-grandfather were raising me and this is going to sound really crazy, but it's true, because as children, we find ways to cope. I began to imagine that I had my brothers, that they were here in Savannah. And I would tell my classmates, and if they listen to this, one in particular my, my was my best friend in high school, in uh, middle school, elementary and middle. 
And I would say, you know, my brothers are coming for the summer or I'm going to Savannah for the summer to see my brothers. And they were like, you ain't got no brothers. We ain't never seen no brothers. And I was like, yes, I do. I got twin brothers. And I began to believe in my mind that I had twin brothers. And, and no, they never came. And I never came to Savannah to see them because I was raised in Estill, South Carolina. So, which is only like an hour, not even quite an hour from here, from Savannah. But for years, I held on to that story, trying to hold on to not even a memory, but just to cling to something to ease what I was going through at the hands of my step-grandfather, to hold on to something. Um, I had older sisters, but they had already come back to Savannah. They were some years older than me, so when they graduated, they came back to Savannah. But my grandparents raised me, so I was raised in a home with abuse. Um, I'm not going to say it was, it was traumatic. Um, it, it was, it made my childhood miserable and I began to experiment with things that I shouldn't have at a very young age. But I always held that story that my brothers, Christopher and Jonathan were real and they were three years younger than me. And I loved my brothers, and, and I was going to see them, and they were going to come see me. And sometimes I even twisted it to, you know, they were going to stay the summer, but they ended up not staying the summer because my dad wanted them back with him. And, you know, I, I had a very inventive mind as a child, and that was my way of coping with, first of all, having a mother that I don't didn't even have a memory of, two, being abused by my step-grandfather. And and three, realizing that my grandmother didn't know what was going on and chose not to say anything to keep herself safe, I'm assuming. And it's twisted because I know she loved me, but she let that happen to me for years up until he got sick and he passed on. My step-grandfather was an old man. He was very old. He was... 20-something years older than my grandmother. and But he was very skinny, a little man, but he was very, very abusive in, in the home. And in my mind, I found ways to cope with what happened to me and what was happening to me because neighbors knew, but nobody, you know, wanted to intervene. Nobody, it wasn't anybody's business. So nobody really said anything. And the one time that something was said, I had some relatives that lived in New York. And one of my cousins here, well, Esther called my older cousin to come get me. And they came, him and his family, they came to get me. But my grandmother wouldn't let me go. She was like, you're not taking her. She's not going nowhere. And I was young, but I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. She would not let me go with them. So they left. And my situation got worse. So that is where the passion comes from with me. That's why I advocate for victims because not only am I a product of domestic violence at the losing of my mother, but I experienced what I experienced in my home as a child. I was raped 
at the age of 16 when I was pregnant. And here goes this seven months again because I had my daughter when I was seven months because somebody raped me, drugged me under a house, and left me under there for dead. But I thank God that I did not die that day and my daughter did not die that day. So that was the second generation of the seven-month pregnancy. Fast forward almost three years ago, my daughter, which had her daughter when she was 34, but she had her daughter at seven months. <laughs> and and she had to stay in the NICU and, and you know she's a beautiful little girl now healthy no kind of complications from coming two months early but we had three generations of seven months and we know the number of seven has a, a spiritual meaning but for me it also means life even though my mother did not survive and my brothers did not survive. I survived and my daughter survived and my granddaughter survived. No, she didn't go through a traumatic experience with when it was time for my granddaughter to be born. She just had her early. Um, and I thank God she did not experience what I went through, but I've always told her my story. I've told all my three of my children my story my life because I don't want anything to come out and they have to feel embarrassed or ashamed. Um, that's why I've always talked to them ever since they were little. I've always been open with my children and with people in general about my history, about what I've went through. I have a nonprofit here in Savannah, so I'm very um, visually seen with things we do. So I, I, I can't let things come out. So I've, I've been telling my story and speaking at, at different um, arenas for years, letting people know what can happen to children behind closed doors with those people that are supposed to protect them and keep them safe. But something triggers and it doesn't happen that way. Um, I, I can honestly say that I was messed up for years. I was messed up for years um, trying to figure it all out, trying to be angry at God, trying to figure out why did my life have to be the way it was? Why did I have to suffer so much? When was it going to end? Because I ended up getting in an abusive relationship with my daughter's father. I ended up in an abusive domestic situation with my first husband. It just seemed like life had dealt me a horrible hand. But I thank God that even in that hand, there was a lesson that I learned in that. There was a compassion that I developed, not only for women, but for even for men. Men need help. They need help when they strike out. It's something wrong when you can physically put your hands on a woman to hurt her. Something's wrong when you can abduct somebody to maliciously do harm to them. Something is wrong when you're chipping in a child's room to molest them when their other parent is sleeping or at work or downstairs. Something's wrong in a society where we want to not want to talk about it, where it's not my problem, so why we got to discuss this? We have to discuss it. We can't turn a blind eye anymore. We can't afford to. 
Because our children are precious. Every life is precious. Women's lives are precious. Men's life are, are precious. We are all here with a purpose. God designed each of us to effect change. And we can't affect change properly if we're damaged and hurting and, and, and not understanding why life has treated us the way it did. That was me for years. That was me until my late 30s. I was a lost soul because I was still holding on to a mother that I didn't know, brothers that I, I imagined that I knew when I was a child. Just the different things that happened to me in life, I was holding on to that. And, and situations caused my memory to stay there. But I, I'm just thankful that when I did realize that the, the memory came back to me uh, some years ago, probably about seven years ago now, about my childhood because that was blocked for me for years. So when I got raped with my, when I was pregnant with my daughter, it just seemed like life started there. I knew the story about my mother and, and how she left me, how she passed on. It looked like everything else was just like a, a mirror. I can remember when my grandfather passed away and my grandmother's legs had to be amputated. So at 11, 12 years old, I was her caregiver. And she wouldn't let, didn't want anybody else to come in and take care of her. So I had to learn how to give her a shot. And I had to learn how to cook and, and how to wash her. And she was a heavy woman. So I had to manage and, and without much help because she didn't want people to come in and help. But I said all that to say that we have to be mindful with our children. We have to be careful of the things and the people we expose them to. We have to be careful. Stranger is not so much the danger anymore. It's the, the uncle. It's the auntie. It's the grandfather, grandmother. It's, it's, it could be dad and mom. It's not so much, yeah, we still have to be careful about stranger danger, but it's other things. It's uh, people that's close to us that we don't even know can terrorize and victimize our children. It's, it's people that abduct women that can watch you and track your motions, and you don't even know that they're watching you until something happens. It's things that go on in our society that we have to keep the conversation going. We have to be we have to be determined to make a decision to not sweep it under the rug. Because when we sweep that issue under the rug, we are sweeping people under the rug as well. All of us have substance, all of us have importance, all of us mean something. And we have to treat these issues just because it didn't happen to us, per se. I, for one, know that it happened to me, so I could put my hand up first. I would never stop advocating as long as I have breath in my body. I would not be hushed up or feel that, okay, I don't care if, if, if one person's listening, if we reach one person, then that's, that's a bonus. If one woman hears this that has gone through something, has gone through domestic abuse, has gone through whatever, and she hears this podcast and makes a decision that, yes, I need to go. Because if she hears the story about my mother and how she lost her life at the hands of my father, if she hears how I was 16 and got 
got raped and drugged in the house and left for dead and I still have the knife marks on my stomach from where I don't know what this man was trying to do but I have stretch marks and knife marks on my stomach as an, I can't forget it because I have a constant reminder every time I get ready to take a bath I, I have to speak up because of the domestic violence I went through at, at 16, 17, 18 and 19 years old at the hands of my daughter's father who was a teenager right along with me a year older but chose to handle me in a way to negate some things that were going on with him to make him feel better hitting on me made him more masculine in his mind I have to keep telling the story because of an ex-husband that, that cheated on me that stole my money that did many things to me yeah I did stay I stayed because I didn't have any other option. I stayed because he ruined jobs that I was on. When I tried to build a business of self-employment, he ruined that. So I, I always felt like I needed to protect him, even though I was the one that needed protecting. It's things that women go through that you, you may question why they do certain things or why they act the way they act, why they don't, just don't leave. And that's what most people say that haven't gone through this. Why did this don't leave? Sometimes it's just so hard. You don't know what you're going to experience on the other side. You already know what you're going through through the abuse or, or whatever it is that you're going through with your significant other. But if you leave, you that's the unknown. And, and most people don't want to experience the unknown. Even though I'm going through what I'm going through is better because I know what this is. I know this. I don't know what's beyond my house doors. I don't know what's beyond my address. I don't know what's out there for me. So it's time for us to have a little compassion, a little understanding when it comes down to sympathizing with what our fellow sisters and, and some of our brothers are going through. Just because we don't understand it, and I've said this two weeks ago, just because we don't understand something, we can't put that on the person that's going through something. We can't make them victims again. We can't make them second guess what they're doing because they're already in a bad headspace as it is. So this week I really wanted to touch on that conversation that I had with my associate in that parking lot walking to our vehicles and they wanted to know what could I be talking about so much to do a whole podcast? What, especially when it was weekly, she was like, you know, I listen, you know, I, I understood what you were saying, but each week, she says, it's good you're doing it bi-weekly now. And, and I was like, I'm not doing it bi-weekly because I have nothing to talk about. I'm just doing it bi-weekly because it fits what I need to do better. So don't jump to conclusions about what somebody's gone through. D try to put yourself in their shoes. And if that doesn't work, just use compassion and love and sympathy for people. And, and try to be a support. And if you can't be a support, don't be anything. But don't be negative. If you can't be positive, don't be negative. Just don't be anything. So, this is Latanya Hendry. You can send me an email at 
um, a woman's soul restored at gmail.com. You can go to the website at www.livelifenowlovelifenow.net and also on Facebook at A Woman's Soul Restored or my personal page, Latanya Wiggins Hendry. I hope this week has been an eye opener. Um, I was sitting here, misty, teary, and because the story is going to always make me misty and teary about what I've lost. But I thank God for the things I've gained. I've gained strength. I've gained compassion. I've gained a sense of urgency to help those that don't have a voice. This is me, and this is a woman's soul restored. Join us in two weeks. And on behalf of me, happy birthday to me. God bless, and see y'all soon.